0: out on the seats. This is extraordinary church behavior. So welcome everyone. Welcome to the second week of Everyday Supernatural. As you've heard, we're running this across the whole of our church from the youngest children through youth through to to us in small groups. Do get hold of the book. It is um, fabulous. And then there are some special evenings through this series. The first of them is this evening, um, a prophetic night with Billy and Niall over from Ireland. Um, They are Friends of us here um, at Riverside Vineyard, friends of us. And um, they've got strong prophetic gifting. If you've not met them before, um, it's going to be a fabulous evening. So you'd be, well, come out and have some fun this evening. Now, last week was we, when we kicked off the series, I shared this quote from a guy called Jonathan Edwards. Um, not the triple jumper. This is a, a pastor from the 1700s out in America. He saw a number of revivals. In other words, a number of times where... Um, you know, God just became very present, and the supernatural just became very visible in different communities. And he wrote this, Revival is not a move from the ordinary to the extraordinary. Rather, it's a move from the sub to the ordinary. We become fully human as a result of revival, not frothy or weird, but instead what God always intended us to be. And I I love this idea of the ordinary life that Jesus calls us to. Now, before you confuse, that doesn't mean boring or mundane, because the ordinary life is an everyday supernatural life of doing what Jesus did. So the ordinary life that you're called to if you're a follower of Jesus is to heal the sick, raise the dead, bring life to dead places, free prisoners, feed the poor, miracles, all of that kind of stuff is the ordinary everyday spiritual life. And I just love this idea, as I've been reflecting this week, of this shift from living a subordinary life to that ordinary life. Because I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a subordinary life. I don't want to get to the end of my days and say, well, I I didn't really live a fully human life, you know, everything that Jesus had for me. I I was sub, I was below what he had as like uh, just the, the normal for me. I want to live the ordinary life of a Christian. How about you? If you're a follower of Jesus, I hope that's a longing in your heart as well, that you would fully live out what Jesus has called you to be and to do, to be fully human, to be fully alive. And that's at the heart of this Everyday Supernatural series. If you're here this morning and you wouldn't yet say that you're a follower of Christ, you're incredibly welcome. And I hope that one of the things that you hear this morning is the invitation that Jesus extends to all of us to live this ordinary but amazing life. And I hope you hear um, that this morning. So last week we kicked this series off and we thought about God's power being in his presence. The way that it's his presence that makes a Christian different. It's not your good looks, it's not your banter, it's the presence of God in your life. That's what makes you different. And we thought about the way it's not about what we do, it's who we are with. It's about presence. That that's what differentiates followers of Jesus. And as part of the talk, I invited us to pray a prayer that you'll find in the Old Testament. It's in Exodus chapter 33. Uh, it's this conversation that Moses had with the Lord. And paraphrasing, effectively Moses said to the Lord, Don't send me out today without your presence. Don't don't send me out into what I'm doing today without your presence. And I just encourage us to pray this. Well, on Monday morning, I got a text from um, someone in this church, one of our friends in this church. And they told me that they were taking their seven-year-old son to school that morning. And just on the point of dropping him off at school, um, they prayed together like they do each morning. And his prayer that morning, because he had been in the service, and his prayer went like this. Lord... I don't want to leave the school without your presence. Bless me today with your presence. That is a top prayer. And that was from a seven-year-old. And I don't know about you, but I wish I was more like that. That, that. that is the heart of Moses' prayer, isn't it? Don't send me into my school, into my office, into my college, wherever it is. Please don't send me without your presence. That was the heart of what we were thinking about last. As you've got stories to share as we go through this series, we've got a webpage set up, Um, you've got the details back there. We'd love to just hear what Jesus is doing in your life. So this morning, what I want us to do is to look at a key that unlocks the everyday supernatural life, because it is a key that unlocks God's favour in our lives. So if you have a Bible, could you turn to John chapter 2? I've got paper, you might have a phone or a other device, John chapter 2, the words will come up on the screen when we get to the story. Um, how many of you are around for the evening with Mike Pilavachi three or four weeks ago? You were around there? Okay, Mike shared this story as part of his talk, and so he has just, raw, uh, he's just stolen my thunder this morning, and I'm a bit gutted, to be perfectly honest. So... You know, what you probably should do at the end of this morning is, you know, like with Strictly, you hold up the scorecards. You need to vote as to whether you prefer Mike's talk or... Don't go there. Mike is a far better talker than me. Um, The only thing, I think my hair right now is better than his. For those that have seen it, his hair is shocking. Um, But just don't vote. Okay, so John chapter 2, I'm going to read from verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. If you're a follower of Jesus and a Bible reader, your heart should already be beaten faster because the mention of the third day points you to Easter and a wedding feast points you to the culmination of history when Jesus comes back and takes his bride, his people, into a great wedding feast. This is, well, you should be getting shivers right now if you're a follower of Jesus on the third day. A wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman. Now, there's a footnote in, in my Bible, and probably in yours, that there is nothing intended in the original text. This is disrespectful. It's just part of the language. We would probably say, mum. In those days this is this was okay. So, woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from eighty to a hundred and twenty liters. Now, a bit of a spoiler alert. There is something about wine coming up in this story, if you didn't know. But, just to kind of quantitate scale, there are six stone jars between 80 and 120 liters each. We'll call it 100 on average. So, at 600 liters. This is 800 bottles of wine. Okay. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, But you have saved the best till now. It's an amazing story, isn't it? It's a stunning story. Now, of all the people in the story, who do you feel most like? I'll tell you, you know, for me, I'd like to feel like Jesus all of the time, but honestly, I don't. You may, if you do, wonderful, but you may be like me. You don't feel like Jesus all the time. Maybe you feel more like the disciples. Maybe you feel like Jesus' mother. Most often, I think we feel like the servants. Because they were just going around their everyday, normal life. They were just doing what they would normally do. And I don't know about you, but I think that most of our lives are fairly mundane. Dare I even say, bordering on boring. Aren't they? Most of us do the same kind of things they after day, after day. There is an everyday routine to our lives. There's a normality to that. And what that can often mean is that we can feel a million miles away from a miracle because our lives are ordinary and everyday. But one of the things that this story tells us is that we are way closer to being part of a miracle than we think. Just going about our ordinary, everyday life. So what's the key? What's the key to seeing this everyday supernatural released into our lives? I wonder whether you've spotted it in this text. And you're probably thinking, Andy, I know where you're going. This is verse 5, where Jesus' mom turns to those servants and says, Do whatever he tells you. And that's the title for this week in our Everyday Supernatural series. So it's important, but it is not the key. It points to the key. The key is actually in verse 7. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. You see, it is obedience that is the key to unlocking God's favor in our lives. It is obedience that unlocks the everyday supernatural life. If God had a love language, it wouldn't be chocolate, so I reckon God makes a pretty good box of chocolate. And it wouldn't be a bunch of flowers, although I know that he makes really good flowers. God's love language, what he wants from you and I, is obedience. John chapter 14 and verse 15, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commands. That that's how we express our love to God. And we're going to dig into that some more in the small group materials that we're making available this week to explore why it is that obedience is a key to unlocking the everyday supernatural life. But what I want to just just talk about at this point is the way that, I don't know about you, but I think that being obedient to God is not easy. Anyone else found that? Does anyone else find it a walk in the park obeying everything in the Bible? Because I don't. I think obedience is often difficult. And so let me illustrate it in this way. Each of us has a crown. And that crown represents the way that we like to be the boss of our own lives. We like to go our own way, do our own thing. We like to live in a world where our word goes. Where our word is the final word. And that is reinforced by the culture that we live in. Because our culture says... Do what you want. In fact, be who you want to be. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, that's all okay. In other words, wear the crown. No. Kingsley, that's bad form. You are going to put that out on social, are not you? Man. Do, do, I get, do, I, do I let you? Because you're my friend. <laughs> that was cheeky. It says wear the crown. And we like wearing the crown in our life. Now, Jesus comes along and he says, give me your crown. If you want to find life, give me your crown. And so, he has the authority to say that because he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So, he has the authority to say, give me your crown. Now, for myself, I, I made that decision when I was 11 years old. I, I gave my life to Jesus. And so, I'll illustrate it this way. I gave him my crown i I came to the cross where it's all made possible and i said jesus here is my crown i didn't use those words when i was 11 but that was the step that i took now the problem is this we are very good at picking it back up again and it goes something like this you know jesus that thing that you're saying in the bible that's really quite difficult you can't surely mean that can you And so, we put the crown back on again Jesus, that thing that you want me to do, I'm just not hearing you. La, 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 la. I'm just not hearing you. And so we pick up the crown. And so one of the journeys of following Jesus of discipleship is keep coming to a place of saying, Jesus, I am really sorry. I've picked up the crown again. I've given you the crown and I've picked it back up. Because if I'm really honest, in this area of my life, it's not your word that's going, it's mine. And I'm not going your way, I'm going my way. And it's not your word that's final, it's my word that's final. Jesus, I'm really sorry. And so what we need to do is keep coming back to the cross. And we're saying, Jesus, I'm really sorry. I am choosing to live my life in a different way. Jesus, I'm giving you my crown. And that is the journey of following Jesus, of keep doing that in our lives. And so I'd like to just take a moment at this point in our morning together of just praying a prayer. Wherever we are in our lives. But it's a prayer that says sorry for going our own way. To keep picking up the crown. And for asking God's help to turn around. To give our crown back to him. For him to be king of our lives. And for us not to be king of our own lives. And to go on in our lives of following him. Now you may have said yes to following Jesus decades ago. This is a really good prayer to pray each day. Just to say, Jesus, I'm not picking up my crown today. And Jesus, I'm sorry for the ways that I have picked it up. Here it is again. And for others here this morning, you may be here and you've never uh, before had the opportunity or never taken that step of saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I, I give my crown to you. And so I want to just provide an opportunity for you this morning. Because taking that step unlocks life to us. If we will give our crown to Jesus... He gives us eternal life. That 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 is the deal. And so I want to just pause in this moment and pray a prayer. And you're welcome to make this your own. In fact, I would love everybody to make this your own. Because it's simply a prayer of saying, Jesus, I'm giving you my crown. A, can we do that? Can we just bow our heads and just take a moment to do that? And I'll just leave us in a simple prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And Jesus, I acknowledge that I, I keep picking up the crown. I, I keep trying to be the king of my own life, the you know the, the boss of my own life, where my word goes. And so, Jesus, in this moment right now, I say sorry for living my way, my life that way, for going my own way. And Jesus, in this moment now, I choose to give my crown to you, to lay it down at the foot of your cross, to say sorry. And Jesus, I ask the In this moment, you would release to me the help that I need to live life differently, to go your way. And so, Jesus, I open my heart to you. I pray that as I do that, you would fill me with your Holy Spirit, that you would release to me eternal life that starts now. The power that I need to live life in a different way. And so, Jesus, help me. Amen. Now, just as we've got our heads bowed, Could I just ask that if you've prayed that for the first time this morning, or maybe you're here and you felt very disconnected from God, but you're reaching out to Him, could you just look up and catch my eye? I'd love to just be able to carry on conversation after the end of our service and for you to know that you've taken a step this morning. So if if you've prayed that along for the first time with me this morning, could you just catch my eye as I look around? Thank you so much. Those that have just in that moment, just come and chat with me, chat with the person you came with this morning. You need to open your eyes. It's way too close to lunchtime to keep your eyes shut. Wonderful. Okay, so what I would like to do in the last few minutes that we've got together is just focus in on the servants in this story. So I think that's who we feel like most of the time because our lives is an everyday nature to our lives. But as you read that story in John chapter 2, they are very integral to the miracle that we see happening. Because I don't see Jesus praying a long prayer over the water, sort of blessing it in some way. He just simply says to them, fill these jars with water and then take some to the person who's running the banquet. That's all that Jesus did. And so it seems to me that what these servants did is absolutely integral to what happens in this story. So the question is, Is what did they do? And then thinking for our own lives, what, what is it? What are some of the things that we can do that release an everyday supernatural life to us, that shift us from the subordinary to the ordinary? What are some of those things that will help that shift in our lives? I'm going to share four things this morning. The first is show up every day. Just show up. Show up every day. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that every day in our lives has huge potential because Jesus is already there waiting for us to show up. So if I were to call a bunch of you tomorrow morning and say to you, hey, what are you doing today? You might say something like, I'm just going to work. And could I just encourage us to push back on that word, I'm just? Because the reality is, Jesus is already in your office. He's already in the shop that you work at. He's already on the building site that you're about to go to. He's already in that college room, that classroom where you're about to step into. He's already there. And so for us to say, I'm just going to those places, understates that. It understates it. because Jesus is waiting for us to show up in a place where he is already present. Maybe you're a parent and you're packing your kids up tomorrow morning and they're just going to school. Really? Just going to school? They're on mission tomorrow. Because Jesus is already in their classroom. And he is waiting for those young lives to turn up because Jesus plus them makes a powerful difference. They're not just going to school. They're going out on mission tomorrow morning. And so one of the things I believe that we need to do is recalibrate how we see the everyday. Because if we say, I'm just doing this or that, that understates its potential. You see, the servants in this story, they just went to work. They just filled some water jars. They just filled them up. Just. But we know what happened. Because they showed up. There's huge potential in the everyday. You see, in the mundane of life, when we are there, and God is there by his Holy Spirit, kingdom potential is ignited. Just show up. That's the first thing. The second thing is do whatever Jesus says. Do whatever Jesus says. You'll have seen that from the text. But have you found that obedience is a choice that you have to make? Have you found that out yet? If if you haven't found that out yet, you will. And if you're raising children, you will know that obedience is a choice. Obedience is a choice. So imagine the scenario. You're in your office tomorrow, and a colleague comes in, that they've they've got backache, you're faced with a choice. If you're a follower of Jesus, the choice is, will I do what Jesus did? Because Jesus would have prayed for them and you know, would have gone on that journey of seeing healing in some way released into their lives. Will Will I do what Jesus did or not? And so there's a choice in that moment as to what we are going to do. Now, making that decision whether to offer to pray for a colleague or not, that I think is a really hard decision to make in the heat of the moment. It is a way easier decision to make at another point in our lives. And that point is now. It's way easier to make that kind of choice in advance of the heat of the situation. Or maybe you have that little nudge when you're with some people and you know that the Lord has given you a prophetic word or an encouragement for that person you're probably way holier than I have and you never have these internal battles, but I'll leave. I have those internal battles, which is kind of like, I know the Lord has spoken. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. Anyone else? No, don't. Because in- I know it's all true for all of us. We have that, don't we? we want, do I- And we ha- we're trying to make this choice. Do I share it or do I not? It can be really hard to make that choice in the heat of the moment. The best time to make that choice is in advance. And so we're going to pray a prayer at the end of our service this morning, which is all about giving our yes to Jesus in advance. The best time to decide whether you're going to reach out a hand in healing, to share a prophetic word, is before the time. It's the best time to do it. Third thing is don't overlook the small. So often, big things in life are found in the small. And often we focus on the big things. Maybe there are things we feel God has called us to. And we can focus on those things and we can miss out on so much of what God has for us. We can be waiting for the big thing. And you may have heard me say this before. Rather than waiting for the big thing, do the next thing. And the next thing might be a small thing. But you see, for those servants in the story, that they might have had all sorts of aspirations. Maybe they wanted to become the best winemaker in the whole of Israel. Maybe they wanted to kind of rise up the ranks and become the banquet master. But you know what they did? They filled some jars with water because that was the next thing. And a big thing is found in the small thing, which was the next thing. And so often in life, the big things that the Lord wants to release through us are found in the small things. Don't overlook the small. I read this recently from a guy called Rich Villadas. He's a pastor out in New York City. And he's writing about this story. And he wrote this. Before the water turned into wine, someone had to do the ordinary, tiresome task of filling the water pots. Someone had to do that ordinary, tiresome task. We want the new wine to just appear. But Jesus calls us to fill the jars first. In short, God often wants us to participate in our own transformation. And I love that. It's doing the next thing, the ordinary thing. Do you know that everyday obedience releases transformation? And that transformation may be in our own lives, maybe in the lives of the people around us, but obedience releases that. And the fourth thing I want to share this morning is that this everyday supernatural life is released through taking risks. Think again to this story. These servants, they were told by Jesus to fill these stone jars with water and then to take that to their boss, the, you know their employer, and say, here is the wine you ordered. I don't know what your workplace is like, but that sounds quite risky to me. You know, that, that is one way to get yourself fired. And remember, if you read the text here, Jesus at no point told them what was going to happen. He simply said, fill these stone jars with water and then take it to that guy. That, that feels very risky to me. Really, really risky. Now, if you've been around the vineyard any length of time, you'll know, and this, this is one that freaks out the English grammar students. But in the vineyard, we spell faith, R-I-S-K. So to live out a life of faith involves taking risk. But there's another way that we spell faith in the vineyard. And it's a bit more complex. Faith can also be spelled O B E D I E N C E. And let me suggest this this morning. Obedience plus risk releases God's future. It takes both of those things. Obedience plus risk releases God's future. God is inviting us to do both of things: To do whatever he says and to do the risk of doing it. Obedience plus risk. Now as we come to a close this morning, I heard this story last um, last week and it just blew me away. And so it's from a couple in our church, Justin and Debbie. They're normally at the 9.30 service. And I just asked them to quickly record this on a video at home, just to share that story with us. And what you'll hear is what the Lord did through them responding to little nudges that they felt and them doing whatever Jesus told them to do. So take a look at this.
1: On Tuesday, I came to Justin, and I said to him, would you like to go for a run that evening? Um, this is a day that we don't normally go for one of our runs, so, um, you know, when he said, yeah, let's do it, it's, you know, be quite unusual. Um, came the evening, we decided to head out for our run, and stepped up front door, and it was raining. Um, and again, very unusually, we were just we let, I can say both of us agreed, actually let us go. So off we went for our run. And um, while on the route uh Justin asked, Can we not go through Bush Park? And I agree. I said, Yeah, we can just run on the road. So off we went on the road and we went down a street where there's a the rail bridge. Um, and while crossing the rail bridge we saw that there was someone on the other side of the bridge ready to jump. Um obviously we immediately stopped to Chapter gentleman got hold of emergency services and after 40 minutes, we managed to talk the gentleman back over to the correct side of the street. Um, we prayed with him. We made sure he was okay. And then we handed him over to emergency services for further care. And then finished the Taiwan. Now, if we hadn't said yes to those three very unusual prompts, um, we wouldn't have been on the bridge at the time that he was there. Um, and praise the Lord, we said yes. And the man's alive today.
0: tells you to do in just the everyday normality of life. Do you see the way that it releases life? There's a guy that's alive because they responded to three small nudges of the Holy Spirit. And they said yes. to pray with and for one another this morning. But the way I want to kind of lead into that is to lead us in a prayer that we've prayed before. It's a prayer that I've um, borrowed from a guy called Alan Scott. Some of you will have come across him. Um, Alan used to lead Causeway Coast Vineyard out in Northern Ireland. Um, He now pastors uh, Anaheim Vineyard out in California. And it's a prayer that's entitled Relentless, so you can get the full prayer online if you Google that we're just going to pray the last section of the prayer um, this morning. So the words will come up on the screen. And what I'll do is I will pray it through just so you can hear it. And then I'm going to invite us to pray that together. And then I'll invite the Holy Spirit to come. He is already here, but we're praying for more. And then we'll wait and we'll see what he wants to do with us this morning. Okay? So the prayer goes like this. To my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, I say, however, whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. You up for that? It's a bold prayer. Let's pray it together. To my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, I say, however, whenever, wherever, and whatever you ask me to do, my answer in advance is yes. Why don't you put your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, come. Release more of your presence here in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come. Breathe on us. Pour your presence, refreshing, into our lives. Shake us, move us.